Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm an interviewer, journalist and broadcaster. And for the first decade of this century, I did for the Irish radio station RT Radio 1 a music series titled Under the Influence. Sadly, that title was subsequently used, be it stolen consciously or otherwise, for a similar MTV show. So now, after revisiting the master tapes of those old interviews, I've decided to turn the best into a podcast series called The Music That Made Me. I may even add the subtitle Made Me Want to Make Music. Either way, what follows is one of those shows, minus music, which for copyright reasons I can't include. Some of the full shows and many of my other radio programs are available on Mixcloud.com. And if you want to read any articles that arose out of these interviews, you can check out JoeJacksonInterviewer.com. Enjoy the show. Francis Rossi, backstage at the Olympia. Right. I want you to tell me what was the very first song you heard. It could have been a single or it could have been someone singing at home that really clicked and made you go, I've got to get into that game. Well, I don't know if it made me get into the game. One of the things that apparently when I was small, when I was young, I had rather a large head and a small body. Okay. <laughs> so my mother told me this. Okay. And I used to get to the top of the stairs and they'd catch me as I'd go, no, because I'd look down and the weight of my head would drag me down the stairs and I'd fall down. And I'd cry so much, they put records on. And All the right. first record I remember that they put on for me was um, All over Italy, they know it's Constantina, Papa Piccolino. Because so anything that was slightly Italian, we had. All right. And I realised many years later that it's the, it's the Italian start, the shuffle. And, and lots of um, folk music, Irish folk music, uh, some Spanish, some Italian. I've got that... Mm, dip, Right. It's all the shuffling rhythm. It's why you go in a pub in Dublin, isn't it? They're all going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a variation of the shuffle? Yeah, basically. And I think that's really it's, that's what, what, what got me in, into it. And But a little later on than that, I heard... Um, so we won't, we won't play that one. We'll play the no, one that's first right, record yeah, you yeah, But you, first... you sang it well. So that's Sorry. OK. People get a sense of it. Yeah. All right. But the first thing that really had uh, the effect on me was Everly Brothers records. And I don't know if I bought any of those. But I used to see the Everly's and I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't particularly a person to buy records. Right. My mother had lots of Guy Mitchell records, which I liked. Okay. Uh, I think she must have fancied him. And so if uh, we play, what, Guy or the Everly's? The, one of the Everly's I'd say the kick off. Which, which song of the Everly's would you remember as kind of one of their bands? The really profound effect was, was um, Kathy's Clown. Yeah. Well, I think at the time, you know, I was just coming at the puberty and... It was very early in puberty. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> I remember sitting someplace feeling really rejected by this girl. And this Kathy. Record company. Well, I can't tell you her name. Mother Teresa, her name was. <laughs> and, uh, and this Cathy's Clown, I remember at the time, the whole thing about the Everly Brothers, I thought was it. And I saw the Everly Brothers on TV and myself and my brother wanted to do that. Okay. And so we got the guitars for Christmas. Right. But he changed his mind and got a train set at the last minute. I'll never let him forget that. So was it the harmonies you heard that you went, God, that's great? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was the strummy. Okay. I'd seen other guys playing guitar with, I thought, I'm no, never going to be able to do that. And right. I was right. See, I still can't do it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so it was the idea of being able to strum, ding, 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 and sing. And I still have that thing now with acoustic guitars. You can hit an acoustic guitar. And because there's a percussive thing going on there, yeah. Dum, dum, yeah. Dum, and you can hit the board. And it's, got, it's, like, it's like the whole band in one. Yeah. When you're playing acoustic guitar. Right, okay. All right, so will we play a bit of Kathy's Clown for you? Mm. 
You can hear it coming in, can't you? Can't you hear it? You know the I hear intro. It fighting out now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So, um, Francis Rossi, when you started buying records, you, you, you said you uh, your mom had Guy Mitchell. You mm. liked the Everly Brothers, mm. but, but some of the rock and roll greats that you do on the show, would you have bought some of those at the time? Some of the Jerry no, Lee Elvis. No, again, stuff? those things. I was I was a bit. My one of my cousins was into. Um, Buddy Holly, I could never see it. Never see Buddy Holly. Still no, no. No, I know he's a great and people okay. think not for me, nor was Elvis. Okay. Uh, but I used to see a lot, and I was aware that I saw these was Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Gene Vincent, all of these kind of rock and roll shows that would be on TV. Alright. And the the most effect they had on me was the fact that they they worked. It was it wasn't just playing a tune and, and smiling and sitting there, la 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 la. They were, Jesus, they were going for it, you know. Right. Their whole body was involved in this thing. Right. I mean, I, I subsequently disliked Jerry Lee Lewis a lot later on when I found out more about him and met him. As a so. person. Yeah, I never really, I'm just, yeah, I can't deal with all that. Sure, yeah, yeah. But Can you still listen to the music, though, and freeze that out, or has yes. it turned you off the music? No, I still like the music, okay, because so, it, yeah. I, I still believe that the commitment for it, that I used to see him and... Um, and Little Richard, and particularly Jerry Lee, he, he would look so freaking ugly when he was working. And when I was young, the whole thing about being a pop star or a rock star was to be pretty, and yeah. I, knew, I knew from the mirror that okay. I wasn't. And so I was all that falling down the stairs, man. That was not good for you. <laughs> it wasn't. It knocked all my head out of shape. I was a pretty handsome lad otherwise. <laughs> but I used to see them on that, and still does have a real... I can still see it, and I, particularly these days when you hear about everyone calls themselves a rock and roll band. I don't know... From REM to Oasis to yeah. anybody, they all call themselves rock and roll bands. And right, I think well, I like your music and stuff, but why are you calling yourself a rock and roll band? If you want to be one, commit. And if you physically have to commit, or oh, that's what I learned from these guys. And we worked with Jerry Lee Lewis a couple of times. We worked with Little Richard in various places. I never got to work with Gene Vincent, but all those guys physically committed to the number when they were doing it. Especially Little Richard and Jerry Lee, they would go like Billy O. It was. Yeah. It was so real. Okay, so Little Richard or that, Jerry Lee, which do you want to hear? Little Richard, I think. Either uh, Good Golly Miss Molly Tootie Fruit, any of those, really, anything about Little Richard. Any of those up-tempo rockers that he did. Did Little Richard make a play for you? Did he what? Make a play for you? No, I didn't realise at the time, <laughs> didn't know. It wasn't until later on I realised. No, but he told me. I was lucky, I was lucky with Jerry Lee, wasn't I? He was after young girls. Oh, yeah, well, he also could have shot you. Okay, yeah, he so was <laughs> fucking mad. He dangerous was mad. Oh. Okay, so uh, we're playing. Well, we're forgetting now. Uh, one of the uh, Tutti Fruity, maybe, or well, what? Babaloo, was a good kick up. We just talked about rock and roll. So it's yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Tutti Fruity. Yeah, yeah. We all agreed yeah. on that, haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah, no, we got. <laughs> we reckon it should well, be Tutti Fruity. Good to play the originals. Yeah. Okay, so if you're getting into, uh, oh, we're coming out a little, Richard. Okay, talk, talk me about how, uh, tell, tell me how actual did any group sounds like in the early '60s when you moved beyond the early rockers. What vocal groups, what kind of there was a little, groups or whatever would you, would you have gone, I can use that, I can shape that, we can shape our band in that style? I didn't necessarily consciously think of it that way. I'd, right. I'd, there was the whole thing of the shadows at the round, so that's okay. And, um, you don't have whole, to be ashamed of the shadows. The shadows no, I'm not saying sure. it was a, to me, I couldn't play like that. that oh, right. I used to think, how do you remember all those bloody bits? <laughs> I really did. Now, I mean, it, you realise later on that it goes into water and you can do it, but all right. I said, I'm not going to play lead guitar. <laughs> I just keep watching and think, no, I'm sticking to rhythm. So for years, I'm serious, for years, that's why I had an organist. I thought, you can play lead, I'm not playing lead. I can never remember where the bloody notes are, you know. Okay. But it was a bit with the um, uh, the shadows and uh, all that 60s boom stuff and the Beatles and the songwriting. But I, I move along a little further. Maybe I've yeah. gone too far forward, but 
after Matchstick Man, all that had gone on. Yeah. Is this too far forward? Well, just give us, before we move into your own stuff, just about, it was, was there anything we could play from that era? I mean, we can play The Shadows if you like. But was there something of no, the things around that stuff? Oh, well, yeah, it's a lot. We used to go and see, we used yeah. to work with pretty things a lot. Yeah. I think we did Don't Bring Me Down. I think we oh, did right. Got Love If You Want It. Yeah, those kind of things, I imagine, would be a more direct influence. Yes, or... but there's, uh, this is a bit more hammy, which is but more to go the ahead. point. Right. Again, because I said to you, I, didn't, I wasn't going to play lead guitar, it's going to yeah. be an organ. Yeah. Um, I can't say it. You're going to like, can, tornadoes. Now, see, he's laughing. I knew he'd not. <laughs> what did I say coming up the stairs? I said we can do a, a Joe Meek on the stairs with oh, the echo. I, I, we worked with Joe Meek. All right, okay. And well, he did that. He had one foot in the bar. Right. And when we went to load into his place, we were John Cogler. We were only young, you know. And we went and he said, we don't have bass drums in here. We thought, dickhead. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't have bass drums. It's a drum kit. No, we don't have bass drums. He was serious. Don't even bring it in. So you set the kit up in the pool. Like he couldn't set it up in the house. No, he wouldn't have it in. It's not oh, you couldn't. Okay. He wouldn't have it in there. So the trouble, wherever the trouble went in there, had to go in and after kit missing, see? And he's out in the other room with his one foot in the bath and one foot out going, what you see? Well, what bloody hell's going on here? <laughs> All right. But we did that with him and we used to do a lot of uh, tornado stuff. Um, Telstar. No, we didn't do, we did Telstar, but right. we did Robot. Was it Robot or something? Robot? Yeah, Robot was the set, was the follow-up to Telstar. And uh, there was a few other things right. like that we did right. at theirs. Okay. And we would do things as instrumental. With was the... this around 62, 63? Yeah, 63, 64. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait a minute, I'll be 15. 62, 63, yeah. I would very happily play the Tornadoes. Fine, let's play oh, a Tornadoes. So which one here, Robot or...? Yeah, not Telstar, Robot. Right. No. Something after Telstar, yeah, anything like that. One of the other ones. Sputnik, oh, well, there was Sputniks were another band, weren't yeah. they, as well? <laughs> yeah. And I met them later on. He, one of them became a, a roadie with us in Sweden, and he was a lot to do with ABBA. You've, talk, you've talked about a few of your heroes you met, just as an anecdotal level. Was there anyone you met who really lived up to your expectations? Like, Jerry Lee, you loved him from a distance, and then you found out about him and you lose. Was there anyone you really met, a rocker... Pop singer, well, this is this is some of the contemporary, I suppose, of mine was um, was Jeff Lynne. We'd worked with Jeff right. Lynne a lot when he was with Idle Race, and anybody that talks to me, that's it. He's a mate of mine. You know, right. <laughs> most people don't want to talk to me. So, <laughs> poor little Catholic boy, you know. And um, but I always had this thing about Jeff Lynne, and we saw him Idle Race, and when he first did the Wizard thing, I didn't want to know. And yeah. then we came here low at first. I didn't want to know because I didn't want it to be good, you know. All right. Jealous little git, that's yeah. me. Okay. But um, somebody gave me an album of theirs, of his, after El Dorado, I think it was. And that was it. I was hooked and I'm still badly hooked on him. Okay. All Anything right. from Jeff Lynne, particularly his um, Armchair Theatre album, which was didn't do well at all. And all right. He did, sorry, I'm just waffling, he did the, okay. uh, the Harrison album he did, which was called um, Cloud Nine, that was fantastic, yeah. Fish in the Sand, things like that. He did Tom Petty album with Free Fall, and it's got to be one of the best That's things right. ever put on fucking yeah. record. Yeah. He's just got such a way that Jeff Lynne does things. And it's... Oh. He did stuff with Orbison too, just before. I yes, I know, some of that, that was great as well, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 I liked both versions of A Drove All Night, I liked her version and yeah. his version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, so okay, you were going to mention we've gone out, we're coming out of uh, Prince Joshua, we're coming out of uh, the tornadoes, yeah. whichever. You were going, you mentioned there, you were going into the air, uh, Matchstick Man around that era. You were going to say, yeah, that era, that we we'd gotten underway, and, and got the single Matchstick Man was taken off, and we were, and realizing quickly we were becoming, there was nothing in it, you know, there was nothing in this appealing to young girls. How right and beaker today, because I mean that is the mass market, but. 
What do you mean there was nothing in it that it was? Too well, it wasn't easy? going. To, no, it wasn't going anywhere for us. I don't. Oh, right. Okay. As terms of a career, and right. and I'd always. We were told from being very very young, you've got no chance. There's too many bands out there. Why don't you just leave it alone, get a job? What are you going to do when you're older? All these all things right. that parents right. say. You know. Okay. Even when we were twenty, people were saying. Come on now, give it up, get a decent job and all that Even stuff. when Max had hit the job? Yes, so. after Max had moved, even when right. we were ready for making pile driver. Right. I remember Rick's dad saying to him, you know, get your haircut and get a decent job, you lazy git. And okay. we were working our asses off and he said, you lazy son. But did you not just open the wallet and say, hey, can you wear that? It didn't make weeks? any difference. It didn't see it at the time. Okay. You've got to remember back then that it didn't, it's not going to last, boy. Okay. That's what they said to you. Okay. So All right. that's why people say now, why are you still doing it? Because I'm not going to let it go. Yeah, yeah. You told me it wasn't going to work and I'm going to hang on to it. I don't understand people to come in this business for 10 minutes to make a few bob and say, well, I don't really want right. to. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. that. Yeah. So what what did you decide then out of that? This is what we have to do to kind of get longevity. Right to get that. You know, we started. We was we started playing a lot with uh, Fleetwood Mac, early Fleetwood Mac and Chicken Shack. And yeah. We loved both those bands. And um, we do our set, you know, so called set. And these on this college circuit, and we'd rush off, get changed, and at that time, you know, you could just sit on the side of the stage where anything you like. Nobody was bothered. And we'd sit and watch Fleetwood Mac or Chicken Shack, and they'd come on and... About an hour and a half later, we were still there, and they were still going on... And me and Rip were going, yep, that's all right, suits me. Why can't we play this shit? Why can't we do this, you know? And uh, that started us on the train. We started to get... Something changed in us, I suppose. Initially, we did um, Steam Hammers, uh, Junior's Wailing. Started to do that, you know. And I remember somebody saying to us about it and saying it didn't suit, and I thought, no, it doesn't suit us because I couldn't play lead tricky guitar. I thought, well, if they go this route, if we actually do go this route where I want to go, who the bloody hell's going to play guitar? Someone, there's all these shit up players out there, and it's me going to try and go, I couldn't do it. But it didn't stop us, and that. All right. And Bob Young as well, we'd met round about maximum time, and he had a an angle on the blues thing I don't know which I don't think we would have had we would because I always maintain that we were we were white guys copying white guys who copied black guys okay yeah. we didn't even copy the black guys because I didn't know who they were I didn't know I'd never heard of uh, um, John Lee Hooker or uh, is, it, is it Johnson Willie Johnson what his name is Robert Johnson is it yeah yeah Jimmy Witherspoon all those people I, I might be occasionally saw him in a club somewhere where the bloody hell was Jimmy Spoon and, all all right. and, okay. and Bob took me once to see Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee, these two old guys, and they were fantastic. I thought, this is all right, isn't it? So were you absorbing all that stuff? And when you did Matchstick Man? No, Matchstick Man was copying Jimi Hendrix. Was that copying Jimi Hendrix? I don't believe and it or not. I don't see it now, but I did then. Like that, that intricate lead opening line? No, that was not... <laughs> that was nothing to do... It was the cold sequence. I thought, yeah, I hadn't heard those before then. That was straight out of Hendrix. Oh, yeah, to me it was, anyway. Okay, and what about the opening little lick? Well, I'd done this thing. That got everybody's attention. I know it did. It was that piss easy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing this thing, I thought, well, that sounds a bit naff, you know. But where can I make it sound better? I don't know why I did it. It was played on the B string. Yeah. On the 12th fret, I think, with a key round. Or 14th. And, uh, 15th. Something like that. And, um, I tuned the top E down, brought it down to the B, you know, and put it slightly out of tune so you get the, the harmonic beat. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I thought, I like that, so I did it like that. 
Yeah. The amount of people that came up to me afterwards saying, I love that metronome on your record. Oh. <laughs> I'm going, the what? It was, it was the, by the amount of compression on the, on the, on the track, on me hitting around a pitch, like, these guys had a da 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 then you double tracked it, there was even more out of tune this. Right. And that's when you, I think we all learned that out of tune can be good. Okay. Slightly out of tune can be really good. Right, right. Which is what a lot of classical things, when they put, sorry, the brass, they make it sharp. All right. It sounds much more, and it's slightly sharp. Can we play my signal? We've talked about it so much. Yeah, I suppose you'll have to. We don't have to. We can flip it over and play the other side. No. Something you're happy No, do not play the other side. Why was it really shite? Oh, it was shite. I hated it. I bought it, man. The Pink Pie label, wasn't that what it was on? Yeah. Yeah, we were half a percent retail or something. Us, the Kinks, Pet Clark. Oh, half a percent. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Like peanuts out there, record. All right, okay. Terrible. Okay, so we come out of uh, Matchstick Man. Well, even if we only found part of it, after you're talking us into the intro, we can't not, not play right. it. Okay. Right. Okay? Yeah. So lead us into another song where you begin, you may be from first album, second album, where you begin to go, now we're getting the sound. All the other stuff I've been watching. We got our own first shuffle. Somebody had given us some. Down the dust pipe, this guy called Carl Grossman, who was singing about being Jewish somewhere in New Orleans, a confusing little record. And that had taken six months to break. This, we were lucky, the guy at Pi, we wanted to leave Pi, and there was a guy, Peter Prince, Peter Prince, who really believed in the band and wanted us to stay and thought he could turn it, and he did turn it. He eventually made the record and it went. But it, it wasn't quite doing it, and then Bob and I wrote in my chair, get a few minutes and the whole idea was you know everyone was kind of singing these dream things about drugs in those I thought we'll try this on and people said you must have been into some drugs then <laughs> no not then I wasn't not at all <laughs> so we wrote in my chair and that seemed to capture the mood there was a mood that could get your neck going oh, yeah this is good all right all right however you can't write two in my chairs as much as people think all our stuff is the same it's very difficult to right within a kind of in, in the framework of rock and roll without being the same and as I've gotten older the whole thing about people complain about things being the same everything in music's the bloody same if you look at it every everything does that hear. bother you that, that people are saying it has done and it does sometimes but don't they usually judge that on maybe the top singles exactly or whatever. That, they don't yeah. go checking they don't. Range of tracks no that's album. exactly it they don't listen to an album and, uh, you know, if, if us three could go back to then, and sorry, there's a third man in the room, he doesn't say anything. Um, <laughs> okay. If we were to go back to, say, a Power Driver album, or Power River, as the Australians called it, they okay. got it wrong, um, and we really, we look at it and we all agree, paper plane's someone we're going to go for, fine. We get to the next album, but in those days you only did one single off an album, you couldn't do two. Right. Oh, no, we couldn't do that. All that stuff was ridiculous when you think about it. But then we come to the, the next album that's got Caroline on it. Austria go, Caroline's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Obvious. And the next one that came along, they break the rules, and they go, oh, they said, must be break the rules. Or down, down. Must yeah. be that one. Must be that one. We'd have all gone with the same ones. Right. However, the, the real true status quo fan knows the album material, so he doesn't have this problem that, that the, the peripheral audience, if you like, have, that they all sound the same. Sure. Well, let's play something for the peripheral audience who say they all sound the same. Let's say, let's pick some track, some album track that shows this is just way off the beat for it. From the, the earlier albums, yeah, yeah. Claudie from um, Hello album. Okay. That was leaning towards the country thing, if you like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, and were you listening to country and that stuff then? 
Well, I think it came... Everything I really liked when I was younger... Right. Um, the Everleys, Connie Francis, and, this, and the other guy I mentioned, blah, 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 Mr. Blues, um, oh, singing Mr. the blues, Guy oh, Mitchell. Guy Mitchell, yeah. When I eventually went to the States in the early 70s, oh, they were country people that had managed to break through to the, if you like, the pop oh, market. Yeah. I, as a kid, took it on as, oh, this is pop music. And no, they're country, they were all country people. And then I got into blues, so rock, blues, pop, and country, I mean, there's no freaking difference. They all want to say these ones, oh no, I'm blues, this is good, or I'm, no, and the blue, uh, the, the pop people can't stand the country because it's all the same, and the other lot can't stand the blues because it's all the same. What are you on about? Yeah, right. You either like it or you don't. <laughs> if you don't like it, it's shit and it all sounds the same. Okay, we're going to play one that doesn't sound the same from Status Quo. And this, <laughs> you didn't like to talk that much, did you? No, no. it's okay. This is, you decide whether this is. Claudia. Or, great, okay. Yeah, move on to uh, Milk yeah, if I waffle on chop me no, off, no, no, I love no, talking no keep talking so uh, we're coming out of that track and again um, when you said there you left Pi Records was that because you were getting a really low royalty or was it just you got a better deal elsewhere you got more control over your sessions and other it, initially it was a control I can't say that at that point you were particularly worried about royalties because there wasn't enough to, to worry about to, okay. to be the driving thing the initial thing was that Colin Johnson was aware that the record company didn't necessarily see the way we were going, if you like, the slight change that was going on. Right. We'd been really manufactured by the people in the business that swoop on a band. It's, it's logical, it's going to happen. Not necessarily bitter about it, but we would all take out about the same clothes. And a particular guy told us what steps number to open the set with, and oh, okay. we should do this song, we should do it or something like the this chart. This is the very start. Yeah, because people... Right. Yeah. But, uh, and then after that, we got so unfashionable that it didn't matter to anybody. So we would have great difficulty getting into any gigs that, with that name. Right. And so I've been used to coming off the back foot most of my life, you know. And it's good for you, really, I think. Sorry, what are we talking about? Oh, wait, no, just that, well, just that about moving on and getting a, a yeah. better control on your own material, your own Yeah, so that's why career. we went to... Well, initially we were, as Colin Johnson took a chance, I think he remortgaged his house to pay for part of it. Which seems ridiculous now. You couldn't buy a car for that money. And um, he believed in us that much. He remortgaged his house and we were out of contract, I think, or perhaps we weren't, but we were making an album right. and we were producing ourselves, which I thought was... It's very hard work between me, Rick, and enough at the time. Okay. Trying to get three guys to agree. It's enough trying to get two to agree. Okay. Trying to get three or four or five to agree. And the band has always worked as a democracy. Okay. Which is increasingly difficult. Do you all agree on the sound then that, that you achieved and developed and evolved and that has become the closed sound or were there always tensions saying, no, I want to go another direction? <clears throat> I always felt that, that we could broaden slightly, um, particularly when I heard the Eagles had done Already Gone, which just sounded like a classy status quo to me. And uh, I think Alan at the time was always very worried about a certain macho-ness that we were supposed to have, which is a bit weird for me and Rick to be looking macho. Especially Rick with his little hips and his wiggly bum and everything, <laughs> his blonde hair, you know. It just and what about you? Why can't you be macho? Well, I just don't, I'm looking at me. I don't see me as macho. I see me, well, I know who I am. Well, a pink T-shirt as well. Yeah, exactly. A little chef's trouser. look lovely today. Um, I never saw, I could never see myself as that, you know. So who was saying that was working against the band? Who thought this macho image we're projecting isn't kind of, is limiting or whatever? Well, me. And right. uh, I didn't, I, for years I've seen that. It wasn't I don't like... 
I didn't like what we were doing. It's just that it could be a little broader. Okay, okay. And as I said to you, me, I don't see any difference between country, blues, or rock. What's the difference? Same call secrets, basically singing about the same things. Right. And some pop stuff. And that bad word, pop, you know. <gasps> Praise yeah. the Lord that we're not a pop act. I don't... You either like it or you don't. I don't care what it's called. Right. And like a lot of rap stuff, I can't stand, but there'll be one or two shows that blind in record. Why do people want to intellectualise and become elitist about music? And music is fun. It either stirs you or it doesn't. If it doesn't stir you, you could be missing the point. It's not necessarily crap. You may be missing it. Do you feel hemmed in by what's by Quo's fans, by expectations, by audience expectations? I don't know, yes and no. If I said yes, I know me well enough that if I was feeling that, I'd dig my heels in and go, I said, I'm not going to do that, I'll do this then. All right. But I love what we do. I always have loved what we do. And you won't do that Italian shuffle song that you heard as a kid on stage tonight. Face it. Actually, it's a bloody good <laughs> idea. Because we like to do something in the encore. We do something in the encore usually, you know, we get to a point and then for a while we've been doing uh, Rick starts singing Living Doll and I... <laughs> And so yeah, well, I sort of doing doing this one. I see someone in the audience going. Like I said, certain people still have that oh, sacrilege. They played this kind of song. It's just a bunch of notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't see how rocking all over the world is acceptable, and I don't know, burning bridges or something else or margarita isn't. Okay. In, in rocking all over the world, you go, and a la 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 la. What are we talking if that's. That's like the Italian song you were singing isn't earlier. It? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it though? So, what's the, you know, I just, that's the. What is the name one. of that song so the listeners are probably Papa going Papa Piccolino. Papa Piccolino. Mm -hmm. And who sang it again? I don't oh, know. I don't know. Oh, no, I can't remember. I just remember the B side was, um, <laughs> If I Had a Golden Umbrella. <laughs> and this girl had to sound so happy. Okay. With the sunshine on the inside and a rainbow on the outside. If I had a golden, what a wonderful world it would be. That's correct. Right. There's your closest song, man. That's a nice show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would sort the real like. pro fans out if you finish yeah, with you that. Can in droves, right? I've been gone in droves, I tell you. Okay, so let's play another track, and we won't we won't go for another obvious one. Let's go for another track that is going to, that may uh, surprise people. Something that you wrote, something that was that you feel. If you were going to stretch the band, this is about as close as I went or would go. Is there a song? Yeah, probably Margarita, but lots of people hate that. Lots of people love it. Lots of people hate it. Why do it. people hate it though? I don't know because Why? it. As I said, I think a lot of us, when we're going to music, we get into a particular music. And then rather than just liking it for what it is, and, you know, it's just music, it means something about who they are. And I think once you're in that, and I shouldn't knock it, because I think lots of people around the world are like that. But if they like, you know, they like, it's got to be hard and aggressive, and I've got to wear a leather jacket and dirty and da-da-da. So I can't like a boy's own record, or I can't like a Take That record. To me, I'm going, boy, right. I love Take That's last single. I couldn't stick the bay and I couldn't stick the whole idea of them. But their last single, I thought, was brilliant. All right, so Margarita, have fans told you they don't like, oh, they don't like you doing that time. stuff? Oh, big time, big time. Like what, letters they come up to you? Oh, you hear it all the time. I read it on the website, all sorts of places, that Margarita shit. There's even one guy, <laughs> I haven't seen him yet, we haven't only been out a few days, but he comes to, I'd say, 80% of our shows. And when in the army comes on, he puts this huge thing over his head and stands there. With, with this, like, drape over his head and he just stands there. Okay. He hates it. Okay. Doesn't think it should be anything to do with us at all. 
Okay. We're going to play Margarita for, Thanks. for those fans. You're going to die like I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Francis Joseph, before uh, any Quo fans turn off, we can promise them that before the end of the show, we'll play something they probably are expecting us to play. Yeah, but right. maybe not. We'll Let's see. just play around with it. Right. You were talking earlier, you made a reference to the fact that uh, when back in the 60s they were saying you must have been into drugs, and you later got into drugs, and I saw mm. you do your trick with the nose on Michael Parkinson's show. Mm. Hey, did you never worry, as a lot of Coke users do, that you're going to just blow your voice? I did. Oh, I got it got really close, and I was, I'd gotten to doing, I could do maybe do two shows. When was this? What, point, what period of the career was this? At eighty, early eighties, middle eighties, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Well, through the eighties. Yeah, I'd finished it by, I'd knocked myself in the head by eighty seven, eighty eight, and I, okay. you know, my current wife. I love saying current wife, just in case she thinks she's safe. I love doing it. I love it to death. Um, <laughs> you better emphasise that. Like I do. Me. She's a wonderful woman. Um, <laughs> okay. But that whole thing, um, I never understand how I started coke because I used to see other people think it's disgusting, it's gross. They shove things up their nose, and I was always touchy about my nose anyway. After falling down the stairs, yeah, so much. exactly, <laughs> whacked it about, you know. And sure enough, there I was, <clears throat> all right, snorting away, and I could, I could see people miles away now that are doing it. There was somebody on TV this morning, somebody very well known. I went, oh, she's done a night out. Okay. Like, uh, we hear all the Madai talking about that, you know, they Don't you remember Phil Lennon? He's lovely. His last couple of records, this tad is broken down, this tad is broken. Right. Poor old Phil. He had, cold. he had a cold. He had a nasty cold for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but when did the point come that you say, I'm going to actually not be able to perform anymore? I, I met this woman in Northern Ireland who uh, is homeopathic, does penology and all that stuff. And, and I'd been seeing him. John said to see him for this, this kind of relaxing massage with a few pins and that, and it was really good. And he said to me, that voice of yours sounds grim in the morning, be like that, you know. All right. Serious, like that. And she said, oh, I can do something with it. I thought, yeah, of course you can, you know. I've been doing loads of coke and drinking, you can't top that. Okay. <laughs> and they put these two magnets on my throat like that. I thought, what a burn of shit. So I stood there, I lay there rather, for about 20 minutes. And they came back and took them off and said, how do you feel? And to normally to check if the voice is okay. Yeah, you do anything like that. If the falsetto's okay. Right, they know. Yeah, be all right, you know. Okay. So I went, what? And it was there. I thought, well, how did they do this? What did they do? You couldn't be them bloody magnets. I now carry two magnets. I, um... Do what? Change... Put on your own trust? Yeah, if, they, if they're really... If you're really straining... Right. There's a, there's a series of things. If... If you're really strained, you can put them on the negative side and it relaxes them. And if, you want, if you're a bit under the... In a half an hour before the show, I put them on and it flexes them up a little. Okay. But I started exercising, which made me more stomach muscles, which gave me greater control. I stopped drinking. Um, I now just about stopped smoking. Um, I don't mix carbohydrates. I did so many things because I suddenly realised that I really do love doing this. And, and unless I'm down there tonight and I really do enjoy it, what the fuck am I doing in this town? Right. I could have been home with my wife and family, taking it easy. But I love being it. Your wife and family being... doesn't travel with you, no? Sometimes, really. Yeah. It's not, right. it's not okay. a thing. I've got so many of them. Come on. So many wives and families. Family. So I've got eight children. All right, okay. I'm serious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I realised I, I want to stay alive. I've got All this... Perhaps right. I came from that culture, the generation you're saying, that, that said, ah, sod it when you're old, you know. I hope I die before I get old. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. I'm wild. You get old, I like, sod that, I don't want to die. You get to 40, you start realising, yeah, this is all, that's what it happened to me. I was about 40, 38, 40. I like this. I'd married someone I loved with, I got new children, 
I'm learning to play guitar. I'm learning to play guitar. I was guitar. learning to play guitar. I started to practice more. I'm going, right, hey, right. shit, I got this together. I like this. And then okay. suddenly thought, well, hang on. What you've been doing to your body could kick over tomorrow. So I just started to take care of myself. And it made a hell of a lot of difference. I can do five or six shows now if I need to. All right. Okay. My voice is in much better condition. I'm, a, I'm actually a better singer than I was. I'm a better everything than I was. And I like to, I know I can say that and be confident. Okay. It's true. All right. I'm not going to please myself. Okay. And you will go on. The band will go on. Oh, I mean, that nonsense on, about, on, I, hope on, I, on, I hope I die before I get old. I mean, Keith Moon is the only one who probably regrets exactly. it. Who sang that. Yeah. You know? But I mean, when you think of blues musicians, country musicians, the pop musicians. They go you know, on. They go on forever. Of course. So there is no, and you don't get, do you, do you encounter ageism? Do you get people saying you guys should just wrap it up and oh. back it up and go? Oh, big time. From who though? For it, within the media, within the music business? Both. Yeah? Yeah. We heard of things, it is related to the Irish, there was a programme, I don't know what it was, but I, I think it was about Bosney, I call them Bosney, boys home. Okay. And um, we met the lads, nice guys and all the business, you know, but this guy was doing this thing about there and it was really quite interesting and he, he finished it, I could punch him off I see him, he said, um, <laughs> of course he said to Ronan and the boys, he didn't want to go on forever and be like status quo and end up going on. I thought, that's bullshit. I was signed to the programme. That's such a bullshit. Instead of him saying, they've come to the end of the line, this band, they know yeah. it's not going to work anymore. We might be able to get a bit more out of Ronan, good luck to him, but the rest of it has had it. Yeah. And that's the truth of it. They ran it. It's run its course. They had a whole career on covers. I'm not knocking that. Good luck. I'm great that they did it. But don't start knocking and say you didn't want to last. Uh, to, unless that's me, I don't understand people. That, it's like you wanted to get into, I wanted to get into radio, but only for two years. What? I want to be a photographer, but only for a year or two. It's not true. You either it, these kind of jobs you want to do. This is what you are. It's what you are. This is what I am. It's what you are. All right. Not I'm going to do this for a few weeks and I'm off to do. I want to be a brickie next. Yeah. I don't want to be a brickie. I don't. <laughs> does everybody in the band share that philosophy, and or does anybody feel Francis great idea and great philosophy? But I don't feel that, and I want to get out. Well, they wouldn't tell me, would they? Don't <laughs> <laughs> be a dog that shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> no, Rick and I, I think, have always been there. Rick was even more traditional showbiz than I am because he had the, the traditional training. He did cabaret, and I mean, yeah, we can we took we take the piss out of him and laugh about it, but that is serious training. Right. Being a rock and roll in a pub, yeah, there's four of you. If you don't like it, man. Whereas when you're in cabaret, oh shit. He would do cabaret dressed as something, all tidy little suit, and he's never thinking, you know, and these two girls either side of me, oh yeah. shit. That was real. That's that's learning your craft. But, you, but isn't it learning your craft? And that's what you've been saying throughout the show is that the, the groundwork you do and things like that, uh, and even using the word showbiz to some rockers is kind oh, of like the I know it is, but we're you know? in show business. Right. If we kid ourselves we're just in music, then we should just stay at home and play for ourselves. The thing is, and it, it took me years to understand. Most people that are in this side of the business are insecure little show-offs. I know so many people, big stars so-called, that are really quite shy when it comes to it. Okay. Put them on stage, you get some front edge. Take them off stage and put them like another Irish guy I met Bono some years ago. He came up to me in Wembley. I was doing something with the Dire Straits, and he was so polite, so quiet. I thought, I thought it was that, and he went. Somebody said that was Bono. I said it wasn't. <laughs> so I ran after him. I said I'm very sorry, and he was. We're all like that, but there's this side of us that goes on and says, hey, watch me, I'm frigging good, you're going to love this. Otherwise, you couldn't go and do it. Yeah. So if you just want to be a musician, what are you doing in this business? If you just want to be a musician, it's your art, man. 
I know one person, and again, he's Irish. That's like having a good day. Yeah, well, it is a good day for Van the Irish. Van Morrison. It's a good day for the Irish. Van Morrison, he epitomises that thing to me. What? He's Which, not in showbiz. He's, he's the artist. He's a true artist. He's a great yeah. writer. I don't particularly like too much of his stuff. I don't. Okay. Some people see Even sunshine. Even the early stuff, the early blues stuff with them. Yeah, some bit I liked, yeah. Okay. But uh, I don't see that where people see sunshine from his derriere. I don't. Okay. However, okay. I'm not knocking that people do. Right. But he is one of those to me. He's got no. He's not interested in show business at all. Well, maybe he was in the beginning, but he's not now. And he's the only one I know that seems to be that way. He's not interested. Whereas most of us, right, we're in show business and in the business of showing off. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise you, you couldn't do it, could you? Are you a shy, timid little creature at the moment we turn off the mic, will you call up in the corner now and cry? Or well, I get a little away? bit more... I get a bit more... Withdra- in, in, yeah. Introverted. Yeah. Also, I do want to ask you one question. Uh, I read recently, I read on Sunday that you have become... Is it more spiritual, more religious? You read a particular book yeah, that conversations, affected... Yeah. Conversations with God. Yeah, I'm a Catholic. I was brought up All Catholic. Right. My mother's side were Irish. My father's side were Italian. I didn't have a chance. Cradle <laughs> Catholic. You haven't got no hope on earth. But I read these books... And but you lost touch with it along the way, surely. No. No, you didn't lose touch with it. Even doing... Co- I'd be in church that night, coked out of my brains, I've still got to go. Or she's going to smack me ass when I get there, isn't he? You know, the Lord's going to kill me for it. But, um... Catholics don't do cocaine. <laughs> they did more every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can do Guinness, but that's, that's another thing I find is so odd, you know. I wouldn't want my children... I wouldn't want my children, uh, yeah. want my children doing drinks. Oh, no, I don't want to do drugs. And they're getting pissed witless telling everybody this, you know. But the, the main thing that I got from the books initially was... Which just went very recently, you read this book, was it? In the last couple of years. It was this okay. homeopath from Northern Ireland. I was right. sitting and talked to her about Catholics and asking the way we are. And she said, you've got to read this. I went, I oh, don't read this. She actually gave me the book one day and I started to read it. And a few things that had the profound effect on me is this guy supposedly having a conversation with God. And everybody straight away says to me, what a load of cobblers. So what do you think the freaking Bible is? You believe that shit, don't you? I don't know how many times that's been changed to water to suit the church. Yeah. And the main thing is this, and the guy asked him, if there's a heaven and if there's a hell, and if there's a devil, he said, well, if there's a devil, I'd terminate him, wouldn't I? We're supposed to believe that, there's a, that our God that we're taught, the, that we have the one only true, holy, Catholic, apostolic church, right? Mm-hmm. But we're taught that God is in a battle with the devil and one day he'll beat him. That's a nasty sod as far as I'm concerned. Because if you could, he'd beat him straight away. I mean, that's a funny thing. I was taught at school. Yes, he will beat him one day. And if you're not good, he won't get... It doesn't make... It doesn't add up at all. Right. A supreme being would terminate anything that was evil like that. Okay. All right. So how did, how did, how did it help you redefine your position spiritually? Is it I now believe more in God than I do any religions. Most religions just lead people away from the truth. Hey, man. But, you know, from that... We're all one. We're all linked. We're all even the science now believes that ninety-eight percent of our DNA is the same, no matter where we come from. You know, in the world, people like to say the Irish are thick and the Polish are thick, and the Americans are all whack, 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 and the British are stuffed shirts, and the French are all, and the Germans should be killed. And what are we talking about? Right. And the more they keep us all separate, the more it can go on. When everybody, when everyone realizes we're all one, like they keep telling us in England, we don't want our pound taken away. I don't give a shit. As long as I've got money, I don't care if it's a dollar, a punt, a euro, call it what you like. As long as when I spend it, it works. If you get me to believe that, you know, the English are the best, I've got a problem with all that. Or the Italians are the best, or the Irish are the best, the three parts of my life, if you like. Yeah, the mix. We're at the mix, the Irish, lovely. <laughs> well, they teach us to be separate, and the more separatism goes on, nationalism goes on, 
I now believe in all those kind of conspiracy theories that the hippies were all talking about when I was a kid because we're all taught when we're growing up, you know, when you're a big lad, you get married and you have children and that, and you go, yes, yes, I will, Father, yes, I And all the girls are told, you can have babies, but you mustn't like what it's doing to you. Oh, fucking hell, what's going on here, you know? It's crazy. It really is crazy. And more people should read it. It doesn't mean I don't believe right. in God. I believe more in God than I ever did. Oh, so, so will we end the show with a hymn for the day, or do you want to play? Well, you like taking the piss, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love the Irish in me. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic, and I love okay. it. We won't end with a hymn, then. No, we won't. <laughs> we won't end with clips. Actually, I had a great hymn as well. It was the faith of our fathers. Which All is right. exactly what I'm just saying. We just believe in what our father and mothers told us to. All right. Didn't they? Yeah. You know, you can have sex, but don't be dirty with it. All right. Well, we can end with faith of our fathers, if you like. I love it. I still go to mess because I can't get my kids in the schools. It's terrible. I'm playing the game. Okay, give us give us a, a quo hymn. What I mean? What would other people consider one of the quo hymns? Well, I suppose a hymn or an anthem. You know, I mean that's what a lot of your songs are seen as anthems. Yeah. Well, their hymns is, is up for fans to decide. You be okay. careful. I like my nuts where they are. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want the Catholic Church coming after me taking them for. Um, I've got to go to mess when I get back. <laughs> Um, I'd say probably Roll Over, Lay Down that people consider one of those. What well, you pick one. No, you go for it. No, it's, it's, it's you're the man. You're the man. It's your show. I hate that when I do that to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. Rocking and whatever you want the last two, yeah. Yeah, but they're really obvious. Rocking, they're obvious the last two. They're yeah. real. We now call whatever you want the, guy, the uh, Argos ad. Do you know that? Caroline, then, perhaps. He didn't. He should have seen his face when I said Caroline. No, what is uh, What was the one that Aidan brought up earlier? We told, remember lies. we saw it? Little White Lies? Did, well, it's very off the you? most recent of the uh, um, Under the Influence album. Well, now, I can, can I lead you into that question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> well, uh, I, but Francis Rossi, before you go, I do have to, I believe you, I don't know who got there first, so you shameless. stole, okay, <laughs> the title of this show for yes. your album, we or did. I stole the title of your album for this show. But on... The Under the Influence album. Do you have a track? Do you want to talk us into yes, that? Yes, it's, it's a track from the Under the Influence albums you just said. It's, it's not a normal take this quite kind of track, but it's a song that Richard wrote, and I think it's really lovely, and it's called Little White Lies. I should have been in radio. <laughs> what bullshit. Very smooth. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is it... I don't. I didn't hear it, so it's not a bad... Is it a bad... Very cute little song. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's lovely. Well, that, that's one option, or we can go for one you mentioned. Give us you one last Caroline, time. if you like, yeah. Caroline. Well, Francis Rossi has just ended the show for me, so I'll just repeat what he told me to say. Coming out of that, Francis Rossi, I want to say thank you very much. Thank you, I enjoyed it immensely. (laughs) Hi, Joe Jackson here again. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. More can be heard, as I said, at joejacksoninterviewer.com.